For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next roofing project at Menards. Your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Owens Corning Shingles are designed to offer long-lasting performance while providing ultimate protection. They have a limited lifetime warranty and up to a 130-mile-per-hour wind warranty. Choose from over 40 options designed to protect your home for years to come. Save big on Shingles at Menards. And don't forget to check out our weekly ad on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen. I'm here, as always, with Matt Verderam. Matt, how's your week going? Good, good. Football coming back. We're recording on a Thursday, and uh, all of a sudden, here we are, week three. Do you find it tough when the Chiefs have you know, an extended period between games? Like It always bothers me when... When, um, you know, when they play on Thursday or when they play on a Monday night, it just really bugs me to have that extra day or two between games. I, yes, I get the rest of the NFL action, but it really throws my whole uh, rhythm off with watching the Chiefs. I, I kind of feel that way, but I like on Sunday, like now I don't have to be stressed out. I can just watch right. the games. I can enjoy the games. Like last week, I had a pounding headache after the game on Sunday all day. Well, all night rather, because I was just so annoyed for three quarters with them. Um, now, like this Sunday, look, hey, we got the Packers and Saints on Sunday Night Football. I can enjoy that. I won't be mad if, they, if you know if Kansas City hadn't, hadn't played well. Um, you know, I, I can sit down and watch the Raiders and Pats, which I probably will. Um, I imagine it'll be the other game I watch. So that part of it's cool. And I'll, at least with Monday night, like you get a game now the next week quicker. So. Um, yeah, it does kind of throw me off, but I, I don't necessarily mind it because I can just watch the games on Sunday and, and just, you know, be a normal person. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of, it's going to definitely ruin my Monday uh, because I'm going to be so nervous about the game all day. And then we're going to head into the game and God forbid they lose. There's nothing worse to, to me than, you know, the, the Chiefs lose on a, like a Monday night football game or Thursday night. I'm excited for it all day. I stay up. I have a couple beers during the game. That's depressant. The Chiefs lose. Now I'm feeling really miserable. Now I'm supposed to go to bed and sleep. And it's just, but so it could ruin my whole Monday and my whole Tuesday. I, if they win, I, I go to bed sleeping like a baby. I go to bed, I lay down, I just start think, replaying the game on my head and I drift peacefully off to sleep. So you know, I, I'm going to send a, a strongly worded letter to the Chiefs this week and just let them know, like, hey, there's a lot riding on my Monday and Tuesday next week. You guys better win the damn game. It's, uh, it, there's nothing worse than losing a primetime game because obviously it's standalone. And so then you've got to listen to every talking head in the world. Right, yeah. Basically act like that's the only game that that team's ever played. Like, look, I'm going to say this at the top right now. And, and, and it's before the game, obviously, so take it however you want to take it. If either one of these teams blows out the other one on Monday night, it is not an indictment that the other team is somehow garbage and overrated, and everything's terrible. Look, I don't care if the Chiefs lose by 40 points on Monday night. It doesn't mean that they're not a great team that can win the Super Bowl. It means they had one bad day. And the same goes for Baltimore. If Kansas City waxes Baltimore 42-6, to you know what? Could Baltimore still come back and beat them in January? Yeah, because they're really, really good. So, like, that's my biggest pet peeve with primetime games is people just take it as, like, well, because we all watched it, that's what's actually true. When in reality, look, it doesn't mean any more than a game on Sunday afternoon in week eight. It's just, you know, you so happen, it's just the whole country watched the game. 
Yeah, and it's going to send the fans into a frenzy as well if, if, if the Chiefs were to lose badly, you know, because that's going to be it, right? And all the power rankings and all that stuff, everybody, well, you know, they played earlier this season. The Chiefs, the Chiefs will be number two all year unless the Ravens go on some kind of slot, and it's just going to – people are just going to be irate all season, which, you know. But, but you're right. I mean, the Chiefs, they, they lost to the Colts last year, uh, you, you know, a team they had no business losing to. And it just happens. But all that really matters is, look, this is early in the season. The Chiefs that we're seeing tonight, or I'm sorry, this week or, or on Monday night, or even next week or the next couple of weeks are not going to be the Chiefs that we see come playoff time. Uh, it's totally different. So uh, it's, it's going to be fascinating, this game, though. I mean, every, everybody's going to be watching. And you hate, to have, you hate to have the Chiefs lose because then all the, you know, again, it's a, you have to listen to it all week, right? Oh, that's it. Chiefs, you know, it's Lamar Jackson's and, AFC now. Yeah, and if they win, then then you get, like, the over-the-top, like, they're going to go 16-0. and 0. Like, no, look, look. Like, I'm not trying to throw cold water on the parade here. I, I, and look, I think the Chiefs are the best team in football. I do. I think Kansas City is the best team in the NFL. I think they're better than Baltimore. I think Baltimore is excellent. I think Kansas City is a little bit better because I think offensively they're more well-rounded. They can do more things. Um. And I think that that kind of stuff shows up in January. It just does. Because when you're playing really good teams in January, those teams typically can take away your number one option. They can maybe even take away your number two option. Kansas City has like six options offensively. Baltimore doesn't. That, I think, in January, I think is one of the reasons why the Ravens have struggled. Uh, you know, I mean, look, Lamar's only lost three regular season games, two of which to Kansas City, but he's 0-2 in the, in the playoffs, whereas the Chiefs, the Chiefs, it's not like they, they lose a ton in the regular season, but they've lost one time in the playoffs. And if D4 doesn't jump off sides, they, they probably don't lose at all. Um, look, I expect a very good close game. We'll get into that later. But um, Mahomes has never lost a game by more than one score in a, in a, in a professional game, ever. So the idea that like he's going to get blown out, like could it happen? Yeah, but it would be the first time, literally. So it should be an awesome game. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's right. We're going to get into all of that preview Chiefs, Ravens for you guys. Obviously, first, we got to start. Uh, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. We're on Apple. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Stitcher. We're in the Google Store. All the other weird podcast platforms that I don't know of. There's one called Deezer. Uh, so if, you, if you're a Deezer guy or gal, you could get us on there too. Um, and of course we need your, we need your support in the form of reviews. You're going to hear this from us all the time. Uh, so, you know, head over to Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star review, leave us a written review. And as always, if you have a question for us that you want us to answer on the show, we'll tag your Twitter account. We'll, we'll do all that stuff. We'll get you some more cheese followers, leave that question at the end of your review. And we will try to answer as many of those as we can each week. And of course, make sure you get all of your Chiefs news on arrowheadaddict.com. Matt Connor does a great job over there. You can follow arrowheadaddict.com at arrowheadaddict. Okay, let's get into, let's put a bow on Chiefs Chargers uh, just and, and, and cover kind of some of the news. Harrison Bucker wins the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week award. I, I don't think that's a, a surprise to anybody here. Could be a really interesting matchup between Bucker and, and Tucker coming up in Chiefs Ravens. Uh, yeah, the two best kickers in football. These teams aren't just the quarterbacks. So, Butker, a couple of 58-yard field goals, not bad. Uh, he obviously had to hit the last one about 39 times uh, and did so. I would have been pretty surprised. If he didn't win the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, there should have been an investigation. Uh, <laughs> right. But he yeah. does. Good for him. Uh, you know, it always makes me laugh when people think kickers are somehow like this like waste of roster spot. Like, oh, well, you know. I don't understand why this team took a kicker in the fifth round. I'll, I'll tell you why. Be, because you don't care about kickers until you need one. Okay? It, it's, always, it's always taken for granted until you have a game like that game against the Chargers. They wouldn't have won. Like, no chance they've won <laughs> Butker in that game. So, yes, the two best kickers in football uh, will be head-to-head Monday night. Yeah, it just makes things even tighter uh, between those two teams. Let's talk Patrick Mahomes really quick. We, we mentioned this on the podcast in our reaction show after the game, but I kind of wanted to circle back to it because I went back and I watched the film, and mother of God, we all, we all saw the big pass to Tyreek Hill for Patrick Mahomes, which is ridiculous, off his back foot, I mean, slings it. That pass for that two-point conversion was completely unconscious. I, I watched it, and I, I kept pausing it, and I was like, 
there's no way. I, I don't understand how he did it. The, the defender had jumped up in the air, arms above his head. Mahomes yeah. like threw around him like on an, an impossible angle. I don't even know. It was McCall Hardman who caught it, right? Yes. Yeah, first of all, props yeah. to Hardman. It was a, it was great, a great catch. catch. Yeah. He, it was, <laughs> he had to have been, I, I guess at this point, those guys on the goal line know, hey, man, wherever you're standing, he might throw you the ball. And he caught that. You know, he didn't have a chance to use his body. He snagged it. Like oh, Spider-Man. Quite the, the back air. half of the football is a great yeah. catch. But how, how does Mahomes keep doing this? I mean, we saw it a few times against Houston in the playoffs. And how, did, how is, it impo- is it possible to defend this unless you're just standing in front of all of the players if you're a defender? Because it's ridiculous. It's the equivalent of like in basketball when some guy pulls up from 30 feet with a hand in his face and just drills it. Like at some point, there's nothing you're doing. It's happening. Like it's just, it's just something that is going to be part of the game. Mahomes, between the, the two-point conversion and the bomb to Tyreek on the play before, like this I don't think it's an exaggeration. Those two plays back-to-back, there are most quarterbacks in the league right now that those two plays would not happen for them in their entire career. And those were just back-to-back, like, oh, yeah, we got to score. Oh, and we need two. Far. Okay. And that's why, to me, that is the difference in so many ways why they are the best team. I mean, stuff like that is absurd. Like, that should just never have happened. If you go back and look on the touchdown – when he threw the ball where Tyreek Hill was in comparison to the, to the defensive backs, he was double covered. He was not even remotely open, like not even close to being open. And the throw was perfect. Hit him right in the hands. Mahomes on the run. Uh, you could make an argument that two-point conversion was to play of the game. You certainly could. I mean, without it, they don't win. Um, but that's the kind of stuff. And by the way, that's another reason why they don't get blown out because it's stuff right. like that. Like, it's just so hard. That's an example of if you're the Chargers watching that on film, you're like, hey, guys, just do the same thing again. Like, there's nothing else we could have done. There's, there's no way to stop that other than to take a penalty. So, yeah, uh, yeah that two-point conversion, that, that's – I'll say this. It's the best two-point conversion throw I've ever seen. Incredible. <laughs> he does something every game. And I just want to add, I saw people on Twitter chirping, and I think it was Florio over at Pro Football Talk in his article. But he, see, he seemed really hard up on the fact that the refs didn't throw a penalty on Tyree Kill for taking his helmet off after he scored that touchdown. And look, I get it. The rules are the rules. But can we just – can we pat the refs on the back? And I know we're, we're – well, this is the Chiefs podcast. We're Chiefs fans. Obviously, we're glad they didn't throw the flag. But right. I would have hated it if they did it to the Chargers too. Because just – yeah, he wasn't taunting anybody. You know what I mean? He was just celebrating. Yeah. He took his helmet off. The play was over. Can we get this crap out of the game? That, that we have to be worried about Tyreek Hill taking off his helmet in celebration, not thinking he's excited, that it might ruin. This was a great game. And yeah. we, it would have robbed us of maybe a Chiefs victory. It would have robbed us of that Patrick Mahomes two-point conversion throw. Can, can the NFL, they've loosened up on some things. Can we just get this crap out of the game? And you know what? Not for nothing. If you watch the replay when Hill hits the ground, his helmet comes halfway off, which is why I took it off in the first place. Just relax. Right. Yeah. And you know what? With, with all due respect to Mike Florio, like he's not exactly uh, number one in the hearts of Chief fans anyway. After he basically <laughs> sure. the Niners should try to injure Mahomes in the Super Bowl, right? I can tell you that didn't go over very well in the organization. Yeah. Um, so look, it, there are bigger concerns than Tyreek Hill taking off his helmet that was already halfway off his head when he popped up. Like it's it's fine. And by the way, you didn't see the Chargers screaming for a flag. Like it's right. it's fine. You know what? You know what? Maybe beat them. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't get don't smoked and, and, and double covered. But seriously, that you know, they take a lot of heat when they get it wrong. Hats off to the refs for swallowing the whistle on that one, letting these two teams. It was a great game. We don't want the refs inserting themselves and, and robbing us of, of good action. That's, that's what we're all here to see. Uh, and before we <clears throat> move on to, to Monday night, just one last thing. We, we got to have some fun with this. The Chargers team doctor, the reason why Justin Herbert started that game the char- I haven't seen this headline. P- P- the Chargers might get mad if we wrote it in the headline. I would like to put it in a headline. I could see why it's not totally accurate, but this would have been my headline if I was still writing articles consistently on Arrowhead Attic. A Chargers team doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the lung before the game. I mean, it's, is it an exaggeration? A little bit. Is that what happened? Yes. He punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. Wrong. 
you know, it, there's been some stuff about, about the Chargers and, and some shoddy medical practices. A lot of, I read uh, on Twitter, I forget who it was, you know, somebody was saying a lot of these team doctors won't even try to perform this procedure on guys uh, unless, you know, it's in a controlled environment, definitely not on the sideline because of the risk of, of puncturing a lung. What the heck was this guy thinking? And how pissed are you if you're Tyrod Taylor? You might lose your job over this. I'm uh, filing a lawsuit from Tyrod Taylor. First of all, that couldn't have been pleasant. That's got to hurt like a son of a, okay, to start. You know, like I love, because these guys are football players, people just automatically assume that like nothing hurts. You're tough it, tough the it out, Tyrod. The man got stabbed in the lung. Like <laughs> it hurts. Hole. He's got a like, hole in his lung. Yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got to hurt. It's dangerous. And, you know, look, look, thank, thank God he didn't go out and play. Like, yeah. what, if, what if he just went out and said, you know what, I'm going to play through it. I mean, God knows it wouldn't be the first guy in the NFL who's done it. And all of a sudden you got a situation where, you know, he's really critically in danger. Uh, if I'm the Chargers, yeah, I'm moving on from that team doctor. Like, everybody's allowed yeah. to make a mistake. But when you're in medicine, you right. can't make a mistake. No, not like, like that. My wife is a nurse. She can't give somebody way too much medication because they die. That's what right. happens. Like you yeah. can't make like I make a mistake. I'm a dope with a keyboard. It's fine. I can hit delete. Like you can't jab some kind of a, of an instrument into somebody's chest and just go, oh, I, I went too far. Sorry about that. Yeah. I mean that's now that's unbelievable. I mean that really at least now. I mean I obviously feel awful for Tyrod. I mean, at least now we know what the hell happened. Right. You know, Justin Herbert. I think it was Hunter Henry said it. Somebody asked him this week, like, when did you know that Justin Herbert was starting? And he's like, when you walked in the huddle. Like, nobody had any clue. He just Completely you know, nuts. I, I mean, I was like, you know, thank God that Tyrod noticed it, that he felt something. That's because, what I mean. Like, I mean, you yeah. know, you don't, want, you don't want Chris Jones falling on you in any situation, but you definitely don't want Chris Jones falling on top of you where you've got a punctured lung. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, Anthony Lynn has been – Staunch this week, he said, he said when, when Tyrod's healthy, he's getting his job back. And I'm sure that there's some – you've got to figure there's some degree. They say that Herbert will start this week, which I'm sure that that lung probably isn't all healed up yet, and they've got to be right. safe. But there's got to be some part of you that, that figures that Anthony Lynn would like to go ahead and start Justin Herbert, but he can't. It's just more – it would be morally the wrong thing to do. You know, I, Ty- Tyrod did not play well in week one. They looked much better with Herbert, but it's one game for each of them. But you got to believe that when poor Tyrod comes back, he's going to have a short leash. It's going to be even shorter if Herbert plays well again this week. I got to tell you, I don't care what's morally right. I'd play Herbert. I, w- I just would. I mean, the NFL, like, I'll leave my morals at the door when it comes to the NFL as a head coach. You got yeah. pl- to play who you think can win. Now, Herbert's not good against Carolina this week. It's on our story. But, look, give Herbert credit. He played really well. We'll see, we'll see the Chargers week 17 at Arrowhead. Maybe they're playing for something. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, moving on from uh, from 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 the most Chargers moment ever, um, <laughs> uh, Chiefs Chiefs Ravens Monday Night Football. Let's let uh, we'll move through this quickly. We're gonna hit the injury report now. We we even gotten an official injury report from either of these teams because they're playing on Monday Night Football. Normally, we would have gotten one on Wednesday, but they get the extra day before they have to release any information. But here's what we know of. Uh, and if you've got anything else, feel free to hop in. I know you're more tapped into the league than me. Frank Clark, uh, he left the Chargers game. He tweeted this week. It was just a hydration issue. He's got to, you know, get the Gatorade into him. He was okay, so he should be fine uh, for, for Monday night's game. Sammy Watkins took a pretty nasty hit to the head. I know Andy Reid was pissed off about it. He tweeted that uh, after the game he's, he's feeling healthy. It doesn't, doesn't seem like he's in the concussion protocol, or he may have been in the protocol, but he, it seems like he's, he's okay, and it sounds like he's going to be healthy and good to go. Uh, obviously, we're waiting on Charvarius Ward uh, and Alex Okafor injuries. Those are, those are two to watch for today when the Chiefs release some injury news. Uh, anything, anything new on, on Ward, Verderam? No, it's it's still day to day. I mean, they're hopefully going to be able to practice and, and and maybe play on Monday night. It just kind of seems it'll just be really how does he react? How does the hand feel? Um, but it's telling that they have not put either one of these guys on injured reserve, which would mean they're out for three games. Uh, this would obviously be the second game if they both miss. So uh, it, it really is right now. And I know Chief fans hate this term after the Eric Berry saga, you know, <laughs> right. from a few years ago. It's day to day. They do believe that there's a chance Ward could play Monday. Uh, it's it's just a matter of how that hand feels and how much pain he can play through. With Watkins, yeah, I mean, we'll see if on Thursday here, later today, if he's limited, 
if he's full, uh, you know, if he has any symptoms, what's going on there. But it will be interesting uh, to see. But they're pretty healthy. The, the Frank Clark thing was the same issue he had last year when he lost like 12 pounds in a week or a couple of weeks. Uh, it was just a gastrointestinal thing. Uh, but he, he's apparently – Andy Reid is saying that he's had that his whole career dating back to Seattle. So he should be good to go. Shouldn't be a big issue. Uh, the Chiefs are fairly healthy coming into the game. And they get Mike Pinnell back off suspension, which will be big for them. Uh, he'll, he'll fill in without Colin Saunders inside. Now they have Pinnell. That's going to be big against Tina loves to run the ball. So having big Mike Pinnell back is certainly a big boost. Yeah, and you got to believe that if it was a playoff game or something, Ward probably would have wrapped that thing up and, and, and played. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, so they just uh, cast it. Yeah, they just I'm, cast I'm sure- it. I'm sure the Chiefs were looking at the, the way the Chargers performed on offense and feeling pretty good about their chances. Uh, but, I, you know, this is a big game. I think if Ward can go, obviously if there's a chance of serious re-injury, they want to avoid that. But given how shaky they are at cornerback it, 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 and with this being, you know, a game that could have potential playoff seating implications, you got to believe he'll be out there. Uh, I think there's a good chance he, he goes. I think there's yeah. a good chance he, he goes in the game. Uh, another interesting move the Chiefs made yesterday, uh, and this this is a, a thing that the, the NFL instituted. The Chiefs were able to protect. They were able to protect uh, up to four players weekly on their practice squad from getting poached from other teams. Uh, and they protect, uh, protected uh, defensive back Chris Lamonts and running back DeAndre Washington, which speaks to probably making sure that they want to make sure in a case of emergency, if Ward can't go, uh, they can uh, – they can pull up uh, somebody and, and the same thing for Washington. Daryl Williams is a little banged up as well. Uh, Antonio Hamilton uh, and, and Williams both uh, left the game. Uh, Hamilton with a groin and Williams with an ankle. So we'll get an update on those guys, see where they're at. It's not necessarily an indication that the Chiefs protecting those guys, not an indication that, that Hamilton or, uh, or Williams won't be able to go, but uh, something the Chiefs had to do by Tuesday and, uh, you know, if there's an emergency break glass sort of situation, they'll be able to grab them. Right. No, I, I think that that's true. And, and the Chiefs did pretty well with Edwards Alaire and, and, uh, and, and Darwin Thompson. But the Chiefs got away from the running game last week. We talked about it on the show uh, right after the game. We'll see if they run the ball more. I'd like to see them do that against Baltimore. You got to try to do something there. I, I'll tell you one thing in this game. You're going to be seeing a couple of screen passes because if Baltimore is going to blitz as often as they do, that is the kind of play that you can go for 70 on if you hit the right kind of coverage. Now, you got, you know, it's, it's all about hitting it perfectly. But if the Ravens bring some huge blitz off the edge, it's an overload blitz, and they flip it over their head to a lair, and he's got one guy to beat in the open field, well, we might see it. But, yes, uh, we'll see with Williams and Hamilton. Uh, you know, Hamilton looked like he, he pulled it pretty good on, on that coverage play. Williams, it didn't look as serious. But, of course, you never really know. Um, so we'll see how you know if they can practice on Thursday or if they're held out. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the Ravens side, Ravens are pretty healthy as well. Uh, a few guys banged up. Nobody's super notable. Uh, you know, Justice Hill, a uh, little bit of a, an injury, holding him back, but he's so far down the depth chart. I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, but they did lose uh, Nickelback Tavon Young to an ACL in their game versus the Texans. Look, the Ravens are pretty deep in the secondary. They've got guys they can – they can move over there, but another bad break for, for young and uh, certainly not what you want to see if you're the Texans. I'm sorry, the Ravens. Yeah. Look, the one thing about young Gentry that is significant in this game is they're going to have to probably move Humphrey inside now. Right. And Humphrey's a really good corner, an all pro level corner. You got Peters on the outside. Obviously everybody here is familiar with him, but that probably means more Jimmy Smith. And I got to tell you with all due respect to the Ravens, Jimmy Smith is not who you want on Tyree killer and McCall Hardman. It is not, that is not the matchup you're looking for. He's not that fast. He's somewhat grabby. He's more of a physical corner. And if he misses on a jam, it's good night the other direction. Um, I am fascinated in this game with Peters. You know Anybody who knows Marcus Peters, and if you're a Chief fan, you ought to. Look, he is a, a very good corner. He's very aggressive. I yeah. guarantee you he's going for a pick in this game. I wonder if the Chiefs will try to double move him early in the game and try to get him for a big shot down the field. And without having Young in there, and without having Earl Thomas, who, of course, they cut in the preseason, there are some plays to be made. Like Baltimore's defense, I've watched every snap they've played this year. They're a little bit boom or bust. And obviously against Kansas City, that, that you know, listen, you might get some positive plays out of it. You also might get some really negative plays. Yeah, and they've got Patrick Queen back there, who is a rookie as well. Been playing very well, uh, but... yes. 
you know, easy, easy uh, in the rookie season to make make one big costly mistake, uh, especially with as aggressively as the Ravens play. And let's let's face it, they haven't exactly played murderers row of offensive teams. So their defense is ranked highly, and it's it's ranked higher, much higher than than the Chiefs. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Browns were completely inept in Week One, and uh, the, the the Texans are just a, a disaster without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so. We're going to find out a lot. Okay, let's move on to uh, the game. Let's get into it. So the Ravens are favored, uh, minus three and a half. They're at home, uh, you know, with the crowd. What do you, uh, not being there, do you think that's a little too high, Verderan? I thought three would have been right. If I was a betting man on this game, and I am not, I would, I would take Kansas City to at least cover. Um, and I'll tell you right now, if you're, if you're a fan of teasing games, I would tease the Chiefs up to plus nine and a half all day. Is there not, like, literally, Mahomes has never lost by more than seven points in the NFL. So, like, it is too much for me. I think three would have been right. And, and in some places, I know Bavada is three, Odd Shark three and a half. Um, I think it's too many points. The Chiefs are just so dynamic offensively. I mean, even if they're down by 10 or something, they could just score a touchdown and cover it. So, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a half point too much because, by the way, if you're not familiar with betting, typically the home team gets three points. Right. So essentially, Vegas is saying it's an even game. If you know if Kansas City was home, the Chiefs should be favored by three or three and a half. So I, I think the half point makes it too much, but otherwise, I think the line's good. How much do you think the lack of it's a tough break for the for the Ravens who you know haven't gotten the Chiefs at home yet uh, yep. in the Lamar Jackson era? How, how big a, how big of an impact is not having the crowd uh, going to be on this game, or do you think it's a it's a wash? No, I mean I think it's significant because if you're in a normal year, you had a I mean let's, the crowd would be going crazy in this game. That's a lot of energy and it's a lot of noise that the offense has to deal with. There's no noise. I mean, like seventy decibels is peanuts. It's like running a vacuum cleaner in your office. It's 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 annoying, right. but it's not. The Chiefs are going to be able to communicate. It's not going to be a problem. So. No, I, I think it. I think it really matters. I, I think it's a major, major advantage for Kansas City to have to go on the road and not have to deal with that. Now, the Charger game, I actually thought it hurt the Chiefs because the Chiefs normally have more fans there than the Chargers do. That's right. I think it's going to be right. funny, like seriously. So yeah. I, I actually thought it hurt Kansas City this week. The Chiefs now have played a game on the road where there have been no fans, so they're used to that. The players that talked about it was really weird, and you know, the the big advantage you have as a home team. You get off the ball that much quicker defensively. Baltimore's not going to have that advantage. So, and by the way, the other advantage with Baltimore blitzing as much as they do, you like to communicate pre-snap at the line. That's really hard to do in a loud outdoor stadium or a loud, loud road stadium. It's not hard to do this week. There's no noise. Everybody's going to hear all the adjustments. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and actually, I want to I want to call your attention, Matt, to a, a pretty interesting article. It was actually it was on the. Uh, the Ravens official website, and it kind of hats off to the Ravens for for allowing uh, allowing this. Uh, John Eisenberg wrote this article to, to to write this. You might not see this on a lot of uh, team websites, but he said that to become a true rivalry, Lamar Jackson needs to beat Mahomes. Like obviously, this is a rivalry. We're going to be seeing these guys year in and year out, but for it to really take the next step, Jackson's got to get that win. Do, do you do you agree with that? I do, and we're going to be running something on fan sided very similar to it um, in terms of, you know, this is round three. Mahomes has won both rounds. Now, the first round was two years ago when, when Jackson had just started, uh, you know, taking wings, so to speak, and Mahomes was in the middle of his MVP year. And that was that famous game where, you know, Mahomes was at fourth and nine across his body to Hill, and it's just an unbelievable play. The Chiefs ended up winning in overtime. And then last year, Week three, both teams were 2-0. They play at Arrowhead. The Chiefs really beat them up pretty good in that game. There was a couple of weird plays in the fourth quarter. It kept Baltimore in it, but the Chiefs had over 500 yards of offense. Uh, but I do agree with that. Look, Manning and Brady was so great because even though Brady won more, Manning won his share of those games. Um, Mahomes has beaten them twice. And the other part of this is, too, Jackson's ever won a playoff game. Like, Lamar Jackson, for as great as he is, he's never won a big game. They, they really haven't. I mean, they, they beat the Rams on Monday night last year. Okay, fine. But this is – if he wins on Monday night, this is the biggest win Lamar Jackson's ever had. So, I do think they have to. Like, if Kansas City wins this game, it's not a rivalry. They're up 3-0 on him. I mean, at some point, like, look, 
I'm sure Raiders fans feel like it's a rivalry when they play the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't care. The Chiefs kill them every time they play them. So, yes, I do think Jackson – I think this is a much bigger game for a lot of reasons for Baltimore than it is for Kansas City. What do you expect out of Jackson in this game? Uh, obviously, his, his confidence should be at an all-time high, but this is a monkey-on-his-back type of situation, right? Um, I'm sure all the, the, the Ravens – the Ravens know how big of a game this is for them, right? It's, it's it, you know, they steamrolled through the AFC last year, uh, and then they had a, a big playoff disappointment. Or can you? How do you see this going? Are they going to be so jacked up that they just come out and they smack the Chiefs in the mouth early on? Uh, or could you see a situation where they're too jacked up for this game? Lamar's too jacked up, and they actually come out flat. I think Baltimore is going to have a lot of emotion early in the game. And I think Kansas City is going to have to weather that storm, even without the fans. Look, this is a game for the Ravens that they almost have to win psychologically. They've lost both to the Chiefs to this point, okay? They lost in the playoffs last year in in devastating fashion. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Everybody can put the Ravens one or two in their power rankings. They're two in mine. They're one in some others. That's all. None of that crap matters. They've got to beat Kansas City. Not come close. Not play them tight. They got to beat them because otherwise they're they're a good team, but they're not Kansas City. Like you've got to win those games. You got to earn those stripes. I think for Baltimore, you're at home in this game. I don't care fans or no fans. You're at home. You you are healthy. The Chiefs are at least missing Breland. They might be missing Ward. We'll see how that goes. This is an opportunity for Jackson to play well. I expect him to play well. I will say this. If you look at his passes last week, all but one of his completions were between the numbers. If I am the Chiefs, I am packing the middle of the field. I'm dropping Matthew down into the box, and I'm saying, go ahead, beat me deep. I'd play Thornhill single high safety. I would would shade him toward Marquise Brown, and I'd say, you want to beat me? You're beating me with Willie Sneed. You're beating me with Marquise Brown underneath. We're taking Andrews away. We're going to bracket him. I don't care if you run the ball for 200 yards. You are not beating me in the air. So I think I think offensively that they will run the ball for a lot of yards. I think Jackson will run for a decent amount. Uh, I, I think he'll throw for about 200 yards in terms of just you know through the air. But I think to me this game comes down to emotionally for the Ravens. Can they sustain it for four quarters? Because we've seen a lot of teams play the Chiefs and they come out and they're flying around and then it's like, oh, yeah, right, but we've got to actually beat them for four quarters, and it doesn't happen. So I do expect a big push early from Baltimore. Yeah, I think this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately, and you could see the emotion on the Chargers players early yes. in that game. The, the, it's a different ball game for the Chiefs now. They're the hunted, right? Like They yep. climbed the mountaintop. They won the Super Bowl. Everybody wants a shot at him. Mahomes, the defense, everyone wants to make their name off stopping Patrick Mahomes. And you can see it. The Chiefs have to be prepared at the beginning of games. Your teams are going to be coming out with, with just more energy than, than they probably normally would. No question. And I, I think it was a good observation right on with the Chargers. Did the Chiefs, like the Chargers are the Chargers. They beat them all the time. Like, they don't care. Look, I hate to say this, okay, and I hope Chief fans don't get mad at me for this, but it is what it is, and I know I felt this way. When the Broncos had Manning and the Chiefs would play them, that was like the biggest game of the year, right? Like the Chiefs, yep. you'd get up, you'd want, to, you'd want to kill Denver. You think Denver felt the same way about the Chiefs? Yeah. Probably not. Like no. they figured, screw we're going to beat them anyway. Like we're going to find a way to beat them. We always beat them, yada, yada, yada. That's how like we all as Chief fans feel now about you know the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chargers. The Chiefs kill them all the time. Like, it doesn't matter. Like if, you're a, if you're a Charger fan, if you're a Raiders fan, that is the biggest game of your year is playing the Chiefs. If you're the Chiefs, you're like, oh, cool, Derek Carr's in town. Great, we're going to win by 20. It's, it's not – this game, I will say this. <laughs> the, the, the Ravens are the one team that the Chiefs know they got to beat in terms of in January. They don't even have to beat them week three, but they know that at some point they're probably going to have to beat them. The Ravens know that to get to the Super Bowl, they've got to beat Kansas City. So I would expect there to be some big hits and a lot of emotion at some point. Now, maybe it takes the Chiefs a little bit to get into it, to match the Ravens. We'll see. But I expect that there's going to be a lot of emotion from Baltimore. And I think Kansas City, I don't know if they match it right away. If they don't, they're in trouble. But if they, if they match it right away, I think it's, 
a great game because the talent is just off the charts. We are entering an era where the Chiefs are going to become more and more hated among oh, other God. NFL fans and other NFL teams, right? That's just the way it goes. It's not a good guy. You know, the Patriots made themselves easy to hate as fans, but uh, and the Chiefs got a, they got a bunch of likable guys, Mahomes and Reed and Travis Kelsey. Nobody really has a problem with these guys, but it just doesn't matter. Jealousy no. breeds resentment, breeds hate when it comes to fandom. And the longer the Chiefs are good, the more everyone's going to be so sick of Mahomes and they're going to be sick of the Chiefs. It's great to be, as a fan, finally be on the other side yeah. of and that. The Chiefs, look, it's also, too, the Chiefs are on primetime all the time. Yep. So you see them all the time. They win all the time. You know, look, I am a Knicks fan, okay? So in basketball, I basically root for no one. But – I've always enjoyed watching the Warriors when, you know, when they were at the, the peak of the Splash Brothers and everything else. Like, a right. ton of fun to watch. But I'm sure like Lakers fans grew to the point, probably hated them. They were in the division. They had to play them all the time. Like, that's just the way it is. People are going to hate Mahomes by the end of his career outside of Kansas City. They, look, it may be one of those things like with Michael Jordan where you hated him, but you respected him, and you loved watching him play. You're still going to hate him. Like, believe me, it's just the Chiefs right now, they're the darlings. Everybody talks about them. Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be 31 of the fan bases who can't stand them. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the X factors in this game. Mark Andrews, uh, quiet game last week didn't matter. Uh, Ravens still rolled, but he's great tight end, making a case to be you know third, yes. fourth best tight end in the league, playing with Lamar Jackson. Offense suits him. Chiefs not exactly known for athletic linebacker play at the moment uh don't come don't come don't come looking for me anthony hitchens i i know you could run circles around me but uh it is He's not what trying it is. to cover you yeah that's right that's right so how do the chiefs you know mark andrews versus the chiefs secondary how do they cover him i think you bracket him and, and that's what i talked about a little bit earlier with tyron matthew i drop him down to the box so when you're playing baltimore typically in, the, in most games you're playing against 11 personnel just three wide receivers uh back in the tight end the Ravens, they don't do a lot of that. They'll, they'll give you 22, which is two backs and two tight ends. They'll give you two wide receivers. So the Chiefs are going to be more in their base defense. You're going to see a lot more of, of that 4-3. And I actually think that, that plays somewhat to Kansas City's strengths. I think it's a, it helps in the sense you've got Noddy and Clark and Jones and Pinnell. That's a, that's a really good defensive line. Okay, um, And I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if the Chiefs play some, some Chris Jones outside on the edge and they play Pinnell and Nottie inside together. You got 650 pounds of beef right there, and you got Jones all of a sudden on the outside who can play the run, but also who played a little DN last year and did well. As far as Andrews goes, though, I think look, you let Thornhill play single high. You're not too worried about them beating you deep. I would, I would put Matthew in the box and say, look, if it's a run play, go chase down the, the, the ball. If it's a passing play, you have Mark Andrews. And I, I think – they, the Chiefs should be fine in that matchup. And I think Andrews is the fifth best tight end in the league. I thought about it before the show. I've got him right behind Kelsey Kittle, Waller, and Ertz. Um, I think he's fantastic. Highly underrated. Easily their best weapon in the passing game. But that's if I'm the Chiefs, I would bracket, and I would put Matthew on him one-on-one on some place. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Got to take him away. He's definitely a security blanket for uh, Lamar Jackson. Hollywood Brown, obviously got to worry about him getting you over the top. There's nobody else who really scares you, you know, no. catching the football. For, for That's the probably Ravens. their biggest weak spot. And, yeah. and by the way, uh, to add on this real quick with Andrews, I, I would play inside leverage on him the entire game. I would force Jackson to throw the ball to the, to the outer parts of the field. He does not throw the ball particularly well outside the numbers. And he's very, very comfortable inside the numbers. If I'm the Chiefs, my entire defensive strategy is force throws down the field and force throws outside the numbers. And if he beats me there, fine. That's where he's got to beat me. Well, let's talk about that Ravens blitz. Uh, we know they like to blitz. I think they blitz more than any other team in the NFL, maybe outside the Steelers, who have been blitzing a lot this year, uh, versus the Chiefs offense. Now, do we see that Ravens blitz against the Chiefs? Or are they going to be looking at the tape from San Francisco and Houston and saying, hey, let's just try to keep these guys, let's make these guys matriculate the ball down the field, let's keep them in front of us, and let's throw them a curveball and back off? All right, so now, now we're to the point of the game that I get excited about. Because to me, this is the game. This is the entire game. Baltimore, in the two times they've played Mahomes, 
they have blitzed like crazy. The Chiefs average just under 500 yards a game against Baltimore in those two games. And by the way, in both games, the Chiefs are missing a ton of guys on offense. Okay? The Chiefs kill blitzing teams. They kill them. Mahomes is, is smart enough to understand where to go with the ball, so on and so forth. So that does bring up the question you just asked. What is Baltimore and Wink Martindale, their coordinator, what is he going to do? I know that you, in theory, would say, well, they shouldn't blitz. But that's who they are. They blitz all the time. I think they're going to continue to do it. Right now, up to date, they blitz third most in the NFL, 47.1%. Uh, last year, they led the league at 52%. Okay. But, and this is where it gets interesting, despite blitzing that much, including against the bad offensive line with Houston, they only rank 20th in pressure rate. They get to the quarterback about once every five snaps, or dropbacks, I should say. The Chiefs, despite giving up a lot of pressure last week, they're very good against Houston in week one, they're third in sack rate against, only 2.5% of the time. And to finish up on the point, the Chiefs defensively have the second-best pressure rate in the NFL. They pressure 37% of dropbacks. The Ravens have allowed the worst sack percentage in the league, 10.7% on dropbacks. So you would think looking at the two defenses, well, the Ravens are going to get a lot of pressure on Mahomes and they're going to hit him, and the Chiefs might have a, a struggle getting to Jackson because of the style of play. That has not been the case early in the year. The Chiefs get much more pressure than the Ravens do, despite the Chiefs are about middle of the pack blitz percentage-wise. I think the Ravens are going to blitz, but if they do not get home, if they're bringing five and six guys and Mahomes still has time to throw the ball, he's going to kill them. I don't care who the corners are. At some point, Mahomes, the one thing about blitzing is it's typically played with man coverage behind it. And so Mahomes is going to go, okay, let's just say, for example, all right, Peters is on Hill and Humphrey is on Watkins and uh, Jimmy Smith is on Hardman. Okay, I kind of like that matchup. Oh, but Chuck Clark's on Travis Kelsey. Oh, that's, that's where I'm going. I'm going all day. That is where you start to put teams in a blender when you have all the weapons the Chiefs have. I would expect the Chiefs to spread the Ravens out, force them to declare, and then basically give Mahomes all the keys he needs pre-snap to know where he's got to get that ball. I think the Ravens have to get to him very quickly. They had better because the man will burn you. Uh, let's talk about the running game. Obviously, big strength for, for the Ravens. Uh, running game versus the Chiefs defense. Listen, versus the Texans, Baltimore ran the ball 37 times for 230 yards, and they really spread it out. Uh, out of nowhere, they give 10 carries to Gus Edwards, uh, nine for Mark Ingram, 16 runs for Lamar Jackson, and just two for J.K. Dobbins, but he turned one of them into a big gain. So they got a lot of dangerous ball carriers there. They are going to be bringing in fresh bodies all the time. We've seen the Chiefs struggle against the run for a couple of years now. They haven't been great this year. Chargers were able to kind of control the clock a little bit and win the time of possession. That's not good for the Chiefs. How do you see this matchup shaking out? So you're right. Look, this is, this is where I do think the Ravens have a huge edge, and they're going to run the ball like crazy. I would be shocked if Baltimore doesn't at least run for about 170 yards in this game. First of all, they, they stick to it more than anything in football. Secondly, the Chiefs don't care. Andy Reid has actually said once or twice in press conferences over the last couple of years that we really don't care if the team runs the ball. They just do not care because they figure they're going to score points. Um, the biggest concern I have with the Chiefs is they are second in the league in missed tackles. And that's, that's a major problem. The only team that's missed more tackles than the, than the Chiefs are the Jets. And I don't think you ever want to be in the same conversation as the Jets. So they've missed 29 tackles this year. Juan Thornhill, to me, has been the, the leader of that of that group. He's missed tackles all over the field. You cannot miss tackles against Baltimore. You cannot do it. They will run forever, especially if it's Lamar Jackson. So this has to be, you know, that old mentality of, of gang tackle, get to the ball, two, three guys, hat to the ball. If they can do that, I think they'll be fine. But I expect Baltimore to run for a lot of yards. And I, again, I don't think the Chiefs are necessarily too concerned about it, but you, you do get concerned if what should be a five-yard run turns into a 12-yard run. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be watching that one really closely. I've got a few of these Ravens uh, running backs on my fantasy teams. I'm going to be benching them, of course, like a good fan. Let's get them the hell out of there. Chiefs are going to shut them down. That's, that's what I'm betting on. All right, let's talk about the coaching matchup. Reed versus Harbaugh, two great coaches. Uh, 
both won Super Bowls. Jim was actually an assistant under Reed in Philly, got his Super Bowl before Big Red. Do you think their knowledge, uh, you know, of each other and, and their history, is that going to impact this matchup at all? Uh, what do you, how do you see the coaching breakdown shaking out? Yeah, I mean, they know each other really well. And, and they've seen each other, of course, the last couple of years. And I do think there is I, – I, I don't know that John Harbaugh is going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, you know, I, I remember what Andy did 20 years ago in Philly, and, and yeah, it's a huge thing. And I, but I, I, think, I think it matches, uh, you know, wits in the sense of, you know, look, John Harbaugh is an old-school special teams coach. That's where he made his bones. In fact, he's one of the first special teams assistants to ever be a head coach. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they have a little something for the Chiefs on special teams, you know, a little gamesmanship between those two sides. Uh, I, I think you anticipate a little bit more. You know, I, I mean, look, Spagnolo, by the way, was on that same staff with both those guys at the same time in Philadelphia. So there is a lot of familiarity. So Spagnolo knows John Harbaugh. Um, I, I, think it, I think it adds to the intrigue. My biggest thing is I think it's going to add to how much do these teams hold back You've got to think that they're going to see each other in January. Does that mean that these guys do nothing to try to win? No, of course not. It's a big game. They're going to try to win the game. But, you know, if, if Andy's got five or six plays in, in the satchel that he says, you know, I really think we can get them on, how many of those does he run this week? If, if John Harbaugh goes, you know, we got, a, we got a fake punt that's dynamite. We really think we could get the Chiefs on. Do they run it? Do they wait till January? Those are the kinds of things like you don't really think about when it's when it's the Chiefs and the Panthers. You're just, just playing however you play, try to beat them. But when you're playing a game like this, that definitely factors in. You are thinking about how much you want to show because you know there's a really good shot that come January, you might be matching up again. Yeah, these guys are great. It should be an excellent game of chess on Monday night. So looking back, the last time that these two teams played, uh, Chiefs beat Baltimore 38-3 to 28. But it was 23-6. We mentioned this earlier. It was 23-6 Chiefs at halftime. And then, you know, Lamar started running around. Chiefs probably eased off a little bit, right? Went a little more conservative on offense. They kind of clawed their way back in the game. Made the Chiefs sweat a little bit. Uh, Jackson made some ridiculous throws. One that should have been intercepted. And it wasn't. Yep. Still better about yep. that. Uh, but did, <laughs> did the Chiefs get off to a fast start offensively? Uh, did they have to, to have a chance in this game? Well, history says recent history says that the Chiefs they will not get off to a fast start. Um, I think they can't get off to a slow. So I'll put it that way. I, I think they can get off to a just a normal start and be okay. But you don't want to fall behind Baltimore by a, a big margin because then all of a sudden their running game becomes even more important and it becomes harder to deal with the blitz because now they can kind of come with more reckless abandon. They're not as concerned if they give up a big play because they're still winning. If you're the Chiefs, it obviously even more than normal plays to your advantage if you can get up on this team early because then you don't care if they run the ball that much. It doesn't really matter. You're fine with it. So I do think a fast start matters. I think it's going to be hard in this game, though. I'll be honest. I think Baltimore – when you look at the way the game is and the history of the teams and everything else that goes into it, it's in Baltimore. I know there's not fans, but it's still their home stadium. Um, and they have to win this game in a lot of ways. They really do. I, I mean, not like they couldn't lose and still win the Super Bowl. Of course they could. But it's such an emotional thing for them. They haven't beaten this team. Lamar hasn't won this game. They, they didn't win a playoff game last year. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. This is a Big, big, big game for Baltimore. Whereas for the Chiefs, it's like, yeah, look, we'd love to win. But if we don't win this game, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you know, you're going home for your next two games. You're going to be favored in both of them. Like, it's not – I don't want to say – I don't want to poo-poo it. But if you're the Chiefs, like, you won the Super Bowl. Like, you don't have anything to prove. Like, you know damn well in January you'll be there and you're good. The Chiefs are going to have to match intensity early. They better be ready to go or they will get hit in the mouth and, and they'll fall behind. Let's hope they are ready to go. All right, let's talk our keys to victory here. We each got three keys to victory. Uh, I'll kick us off. This is a big one for me. I think the Chiefs have to keep the time of possession close. Last year uh, versus the Ravens, time of possession was Ravens 32 minutes, Chiefs 27. Uh, given the Chiefs are a little bit not great at, at the run defense and that playing to the Ravens' strengths, 
I don't think the Chiefs want to allow the Ravens to, to control the time of possession. It puts too much pressure on the Chiefs' offense to score quickly or to score every time they have the ball. Uh, and we've seen in the past that's a great template for beating this team with Mahomes. Uh, the Colts did it last year. Some other teams had some success. Houston, when they lost to Houston last year. So the Chiefs have to keep that time of possession close, uh, or it could be lights out uh, for the Chiefs. All right, Vertoran, what do you got? I'll start where we just talked about a little bit earlier, so I'll, I'll be brief, but protect Mahomes. I, I mean, that to me is the key every time. The only teams that can consistently beat the Chiefs are teams that get pressure with four. And if they can't do that, they lose. The Chargers were so hard on the Chiefs because they got pressure with Tillery and Bosa and Ingram, and they didn't blitz. The Chargers almost never blitzed in that game, but they got pressure with four. If, if the Ravens, look, I do not – think they will lay back. I think they'll blitz like they typically do. That's who they are. That's their identity. Teams typically do not go away from that. Kansas City has to block. It absolutely has to block. They need a better game from Fisher. They need a better game from Schwartz. Osemele is going to play his former team. He's got to be big time. The one thing I do think matters in this game, the, the Ravens do not have a great interior rusher. Like Tillery was a problem. Okay, obviously when they played the Niners in the Super Bowl, Buckner is a problem. Titans draw Casey a problem now. Of course, he's on the Broncos. Brandon Williams is very good against the run. He's not a big pass rusher. Derek Wolf, to me, look, with all due respect to Derek Wolf, he's had a fine career. The Chiefs are not staying up at night worrying about Derek Wolf. <laughs> I mean, like, Calais Campbell and Judon are their big guys, and those guys are outside rushers. And they're not – Campbell's had a phenomenal career. I think he's a boy on Hall of Famer. But at this point in his career, he's not a defensive player of the year candidate. Judon's a nice player, kind of a you know, double-digit sack kind of a guy. Um but guys that, frankly, the Chiefs tackle should, should be able to, I believe, handle fairly well. So if Kansas City can block, I think they win the game. I, I think Baltimore is going to have to be able to get to him. And if they can't, we all see the result. It's over. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for my second key here, uh, I have dust off the Texans game plan. Now I know that this may, and this plays off my first, my first point about keeping the time in possession. Now I know the Texans game plan. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with the way the Texans came out playing two safeties high. But what I loved about that game is that the chiefs were able to control the clock. They got their running game going. Uh, and I think if the chiefs can get the running game going and they can have a longer drives, uh, yeah, you're not going to turn down an explosive bomb to Tyree kill if you can get it. But I think if they can move the ball down the field, matriculate it, as great Hank Stram once said, down the field, I think it really plays to their advantage because it all pushes towards getting Baltimore out of what they want to do. They want to be able to run the football. They don't want to have to try to pass to catch up. And if the Chiefs can hold on to their t the time of possession, one, it's going to do their defense a big favor, allow them to rest because they're going to be getting hammered with guys like Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and trying to tackle Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a tiring game for them. So the less time they have to spend on the field, the better. So that's it for me is dust off that Texans game plan. Let's get CEH going and let's control the clock a little bit. I think the Chiefs have to tackle. I said it earlier. The only team with more missed tackles is the Jets. You cannot in this game allow them to get free yards. You cannot do it. It is murder for the Chiefs. If, if they're going running all over and, and nobody can tackle and everything – Everything's turning into these, you know, 15-yard plays. It should be six or four. Look, the Rangers are going to move the ball, right? But it's all about making sure that you don't give away free yardage. And you are absolutely going to be giving away free yardage if you can't tackle. So that is, in my mind, it's about fundamentals, right? Like if you play good fundamental de defense in this game, you're still going to give up points. You're going to give up yards, but you are going to limit them. You're going to make them earn it. And, hey, the more the Ravens are on the field, the more plays it takes to score, the more opportunity there is for a holding penalty, for a drop, a bad throw, a batted ball at the line. Like that's, That is the one disadvantage of teams having to go 10, 12, 14 plays on Kansas City is it's hard to string that together. You know, that's why the Chiefs sometimes, it, it's so great when they go five plays and 80 yards and a touchdown. There's just not as much room to screw up. You're only on the field for five plays. You execute five times. It's a touchdown. If Baltimore's got to go 14 plays, all takes, especially with the way they like to play and how they run so much, you know, if it's second down and eight and they take a holding penalty, they're probably punting. Like, that's just that's the way they play. So I, I think the Chiefs have to really be, be diligent in their fundamentals. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that leads into my next uh, key to victory, which is start fast, play sharp. 
Uh, Chiefs cannot afford to have a repeat of last week. They started out really lethargic. They were making mistakes, a lot of penalties, uh, which was the opposite. They looked really sharp and really ready to go in week one. Uh, this is not the game where, I mean, you know, you got Mahomes, you've always got a chance, but this is a team where if you make too many mistakes, all of a sudden they start controlling the clock and you just don't have enough possessions to catch up. Even even Patrick Mahomes needs, a, you know, the, a number of possessions to actually climb back into a game. So uh, start fast, play sharp, be focused. It's a big game. Put the pre- the pre- all the pressures on the Ravens here and make sure it stays that way. Yeah, you know, I actually changed my third point because I was going to say no turnovers, but I mean, look, I feel like A, you just covered that ground, and B, yeah, look, if they turn the ball over three times, they're going to lose. My third point is red zone defense. I don't care if I'm Andy Reid and C. Spagnuolo, if the Ravens drive to the five-yard line every time they have the football. If you can make them kick threes and instead of going for set, you're going to win. You're going to win. I don't care what Baltimore does. You're going to win the game. That's harder. That's hard to do, right? The Ravens are a very good red zone offense. Um, but if you can, and they go for it on fourth down more than anybody. But if you can force them to kick some field goals, with the way the Chiefs' offense is, that's like they might as well punt. Honestly, like, it doesn't matter if you're the Chiefs. Who cares? You get. I, I was. That's why last week I was so surprised. You know, at times with the Chargers, they settled for the short field goal. I, I get it was late, seventeen seventeen. You got, you probably got to kick there. But, you know, they settled there, fourth and one. They didn't go for it. Like, you know, sometimes look at the other side of the field and look at what you're dealing with. And if you're the Ravens in this game, I do think you're going to be aggressive on fourth down. I think they'll go for it. I think they will try as much as they possibly can to get seven, um, even, in, even in situations where normally you'd see threes. But the Chiefs have got to make it such that it's fourth and six. And, okay, you know what? Yeah, we're going to kick here. Uh, I, I think if the Chiefs can do that, that obviously is a, is a very big win for them. The Ravens were very aggressive last year. If you if you remember, they, yes. they went they went for two point conversions. They didn't get it at first, and then they they spent the rest of the game chasing that. Do you expect a similar approach from from Harbaugh, or is he in a different mind state now, where he says, "Okay, I got my guy. Jackson's cooking. I I don't need to. I think I can go toe to toe with Mahomes. I don't need to try to to pull the extra two point conversions out." I think they're going to be every bit as aggressive. I think that again, look on defense. That's they blitz. That's who they are. On offense, they go for it on fourth down a lot. That's who they are. And I think you start getting in trouble when you get away from who you are, just like the Chiefs. Look, Andy Reid, I mean, he was going for fourth and ones on his own side of the field against Houston. Like they, That would not have happened years ago. But these two teams are so confident in themselves, they say, the hell with it. We're going to go for it. I, the only thing I think that might change a little with Harbaugh in this game is if they're on their own side of the field deep, I don't know that they would go for it because – you're just giving the Chiefs such a massive advantage within the ball there. But I expect him to be aggressive. I, I think he knows they need seven points. They can't – they're not going to win. I mean, look, if I know it, he knows it. Like, Harbaugh's not dumb. He's a really good head coach. So, I think they'll be very aggressive. I don't think they'll be stupidly aggressive, but I think they'll be aggressive. Looking forward to it. Okay, let's get to our final thoughts and really the score predictions. That's that's what we're all here for. Now, Verderam, you predict, you do a, a, we call it your magnum opus every year, every season. You you before the NFL season starts, after the schedule comes out, you go through like a madman and you predict every single game on fansided.com for every single team. And as I recall, I in, in your predictions, you predicted that the Ravens would get this one over the Chiefs. Are you sticking with that now that we're, we're two weeks into the season? What's your final score prediction for Monday night? So I, I am uh, Baltimore 30, Chiefs 27. But I, I'll say this. I think this game is a coin flip. I really do. And the only reason I'm picking Baltimore, is, I'm, I'm sorry, is my wife continues to text me here nonstop. <laughs> um, my stupid computer, I swear to God, I can't turn the damn thing off. So the, the reason, the reason I'm, I'm going that route is – I just think this game is so much more important in a lot of ways for the Ravens. And that typically lends itself to a lot of energy. We went over this, but just to quickly reiterate it, look, I just think for Baltimore, they have to beat the Chiefs. Like at some point, they have to win the game. Jackson's got to beat Mahomes. They're at home. They're in a real fight in the division, in my opinion, with Pittsburgh, where the Chiefs, look, the Chiefs are winning that division. I mean, you can print the banner up. Unless unless Mahomes gets hurt, the Chiefs are going to roll to that divisional title. It just matters more. I know that it's for, you know, putting yourself in a good position with the one seed and tiebreaker. I, I get all that. 
I don't think the Chiefs are necessarily worried about it. Like, if they had to go to Baltimore in January, they could win the game. Like, you know, yeah, you'd rather have it at Arrowhead. But I think all things equal, I think Kansas City is the better team. I do. I think, I think the Chiefs are more complex to deal with offensively. Defensively, the Chiefs can get a rush better with four guys in Baltimore. Can I think in the playoffs, a lot of stuff really matters. I just think in this game, Baltimore's emotion is going to be such, they're going to be high as a kite for this game. I don't know that the Chiefs are going to be as amped. If they are, I think Kansas City wins the game. Because my feeling is, is I think the Ravens get out front early, the Chiefs come back, and it's just a little bit too little too late. Um, but I think the Chiefs match up really well with them. I think schematically the Chiefs match up really well with them. I just think that it's, it's a thing of emotion for me. I think the Ravens just come out very, very high for the game. The and good on you for 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 sticking to your guns on on that prediction. Obviously, we all know that you hope you're wrong. Uh, uh, definitely, the, yes. <laughs> so so when I was uh, the editor of Arrowhead Addict back in the Stone Age, uh, and I would pick the games, you, you take a lot of heat on that on the website. You know that it's a fan website that God love the readers. You know they want you to see they want to see you picking the Chiefs to win. And I had a, a standing sort of uh, practice for, for picking these games. And, and I, I always made it public. I said, listen, guys, when the Chiefs give me a reason, and they stunk back then. So, so when the Chiefs give me a reason to pick them, I will pick them. And when, when, and when they don't, I'm picking the other team. And that, that is what I stuck to. And it worked out pretty well back then. So there's a part of me that is just like you. I think the Ravens are going to be amped up. I could see it going wrong for the Chiefs here early in the season. But the fact of the matter is the Chiefs have won, what, is it 11 in a row now? Yes, yes. 11 in a row. They haven't lost since uh, November of 2019. Uh, and uh, I just think that the Chiefs have given me absolutely no reason to believe that they can't win a game against the Baltimore Ravens. With Patrick Mahomes, they've gone up against some, some incredible defenses I don't think the Ravens' defense is as good as the Chargers. I don't think it's as good as the 49ers. The Chiefs are more – and they're more battle-tested than they were, uh, you know, the, this time last year when they were playing the Ravens. They've gone up against some, some – they've seen some things, right? They have seen some things, and, and, and this team believes that they can win, and this team believes that they can come back. So I think the Ravens jump out to a, a, an early lead, uh, and I know this goes against my keys to victory, but – I just think you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Not here, not now. Chiefs 34, Ravens 31 in a thriller. And I think it's another fourth quarter comeback for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs go into the fourth quarter down 14. And I think they come back and find a way to win. Ravens if that out happens, of- that would be ridiculous. I'm all for it. But that would be – well, it's <laughs> killing me, by the way, not to pick them. Because you know what? The a hard thing with me is I always go with, with the, the schematics of it. I think schematically, I think the Chiefs are going to beat them. I just, I just wonder, and maybe to be fair, to be honest, maybe part of it's from last week, like the Chargers, as you mentioned, like they came out really pumped for the game. The Chiefs just kind of looked like they were going through the motions. I just wonder if the Chiefs are emotionally ready for this game the way the Ravens, I think, are going to be. If they are, I think they win. Because I, I think the one big problem for the Ravens is they just didn't love the blitz. And the Chiefs eat that alive. They kill it. Um, so look, I think it's a coin flip. I'll take the home team that I think is, is really, really keyed up for the game, but would I be shocked if the Chiefs won? No, no, not at all. I think it's, I think it's an even money game. I really do. And I, I think the Chiefs are the better team. So, uh, hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm wrong. I'd be very happy and I would not be surprised at all. Well, we will see if the Ravens come out and stick to who they are. We know who the Chiefs are. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. So it is going to be a hot, hot game on Monday Night Football. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to enjoy Sunday, but I'm going to be agonizing all day. And Monday at work is going to be brutal. I might see if I could just bum out, take the day off, personal day, just sit there and you know watch some old Super Bowl highlights and stuff and just get ready for the game. Maybe I'll smoke something. Uh, all right, everybody, listen. Hey, uh, if you like what you heard here, you got to subscribe to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Amazon Music everywhere you get your podcasts. We need those reviews. Drop in five stars. Leave us a question. We'll answer it on the show. We're going to be back on Monday with all of the, uh, sorry, Tuesday 
with all of the fallout uh, from the game, uh, Monday Night Football. So we'll get you ready for that. And then you can find us here on Thursdays uh, in the afternoon. This podcast will probably hit. We'll be here for you every week throughout the course of the season. Uh, Verderam, any any parting thoughts? All I'll say is uh, keep in mind between these two teams, between them, they've won 25 of the last 26 games. And in the regular season, the two teams are combined for a 22-game winning streak. I don't know that that's ever happened before in the NFL. That you have two teams that have that kind of, of success coming into a game. It's un- like I, – I don't think there's anyone even close to these two teams. Really, I, I, I don't think the Saints, the Packers, the Seahawks, none of them. These two teams are so dominant. Literally, the only one I think could beat the other one is the other. Like, it's, it's, I can't wait. I think it's, if you're a football fan, it's going to be a great game. And the nice part is, look, whether you win, you lose. I mean, obviously, hopefully, Chiefs win, but, if, you know, no matter what, you kind of have a feeling like this is just a, <laughs> the appetizer for what's probably coming when it's colder and it really counts. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch the game. Yeah, sure is setting up to be a great rivalry. Make sure you check out Matt's other podcast, Stacking the Box. It's the fansided.com national NFL podcast. Tons of great insight. You hear the, the insight and football knowledge and stats that Matt brings to this podcast. Well, you're going to get that across the whole NFL. I've never met a man who, who knows more about the game. So you got you to subscribe to Stacking the Box. You're going to be a more educated Chiefs fan if you do that. You'll understand what's going on. Uh, around the league, and you'll be prepared uh, to break down the, the Chiefs' opponents with us each week on the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Make sure you follow Matt on Twitter. He's at, at Matt Verderam. Uh, I am at R. Patrick Allen. And make sure you follow at Matt Connor AA, the editor of Arrowhead Addict. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. Uh, for Matt Verderam, I'm Patrick Allen. We'll see you guys next week. And as always, go Chiefs. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save